to be able to live through you, love through you, forgive through you, be kind through you. Isn't that wonderful? St. John chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. This is the reason why this is possible, what we're going to read tonight. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, wow, being wearied. Jesus, being wearied with his journey. How many ever gets weary with yours? Isn't this amazing? And you see, part of his kenosis is to separate himself from that constant surge of abundant joy and happiness and enter into the fluctuation of humanity. Mountains and valleys and high spots and low spots. This is the first time in eternity that God ever got tired. But it actually wasn't God getting tired. It was God through the veil. Because you can't wear God out. But the veil got tired. Weary. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey. Set thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. Verse 23. Now, this is the introduction to this great thing that we've been talking about for so many weeks now. And it starts out with what? A tired man speaking to a filthy, dirty woman. So you have to be careful. You know, when you go to looking for God to move in certain ways, you have to be really, really careful that you don't overlook what God uses to speak to you. So here's the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ. And he's sitting there saying, I am more slap out. I mean, that's Kentuckian, okay? It's just John had a more fancy way of saying it. You imagine Jesus sitting there and just being tired and weary, just wore out. He wasn't an old man. He was not an old man. He succumbed to feeling exhausted and wore out. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Let me read also something to you that I found uh, today that I just thought was astounding. Uh, testimony raising the dead boy 
1953, the prophet said, God told Moses, he said, now I'm going to send my angel before you to keep you in the way. Now, anyone knows that angel was Jesus Christ, which was the pillar of fire. Now, watch how he now clarifies this. It was Christ. His name wasn't Jesus yet. Until he was manifested in flesh. So in eternity, he wasn't called Jesus. He wasn't Jesus until he took on that human name. Because Jesus was a human name which would have not been fitting for heaven. Praise God. His name wasn't Jesus yet until he was manifested in flesh. Guess what? My name wasn't Donnie until I was manifested in flesh either. And your name wasn't whatever your mom and daddy called you until you was manifested in flesh. So you're going back to your true original word name. God bless you. Let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus, it's such an honor for us to be gathered together again tonight, Father, in your wonderful presence. We thank you, Lord, for the songs, the prayers, the prayer requests, Lord, that's been read before you and made known to you. We thank you for the testimonies of your presence living among us, Father. Dear Lord Jesus, we're asking you again tonight that you would take your word and help us speak to us, Father. Give us that breaking of the bread of life, which only you can do. Men can study and men can pray and men can do everything that they're uh, gifted to do, but yet it takes your presence to make the word real. And we ask that you would do that tonight. Father, help me to get out of the way to be able to speak the words of life and help the saints of God to be able to get out of the way to be able to hear and to receive them. Lord, we know there's so many needs of your people around the world. Lord, I just want to ask you something tonight. You're aware of this virus, Father, that started over in China. Now it's in different parts of the world and tens of thousands that they're reporting have got it. More than likely coming from the country that it came from, I would imagine it's four or five times that if the truth is really known. Dear God, we pray for your mercy. May you move, Lord. May you help us. Your prophet tells us that you moved on a man's heart one day whenever polio was so rampant in the world. And you moved on a man's heart and helped him to be able to find a vaccine for polio, Dr. Salk. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. May you move on the hearts. Many of them maybe will never give you praise and thanksgiving, but we will. We pray for your mercy, Lord. May you watch over your people, I pray. And dear God, we just ask you that you would help us in this time of need. Your prophet tells us that you saw the hardness of man's heart. And you, by your grace, gave us doctors, nurses, and hospitals. And he said he prayed for them every day that you would use them to help the human race. Because you knew some people would not call upon your name. 
but you loved humanity so much that you wanted to help them that wouldn't even ask you for it. So you gave them a way that they would believe in, and that was the medical field. We thank you for that, Lord. It's attributes of your great mercy. Be mindful of us, Father. We commit the service to you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. A virgin shall conceive and a baby will be born and he will be Emmanuel, God with us, the super sign, God in his people, God with his people, God become his people. God in His people, God with His people, God become His people. God and man became one. A sign, a stumbling block to the world, but a blessed hope for the believer. That's me and you. A sign that will be evil spoken of. From this tonight, I want to speak to you on the voluntary kenosis of Christ. Now, you remember that this is all his own choice. It's not that there's this mean God, this old man in heaven who has an agenda. He gave this strict law that nobody could live. He gave these strict commandments that he knew nobody could obey, nobody could keep. And then to make remedy for this, he does not come himself, but he sends his weaker counterpart, his son. I'll tell you one thing, I couldn't serve a God like that. He did not send a weaker counterpart. He did not send a being that was other than himself. It was himself in another form. If you can understand it, he actually baptized himself with the Holy Ghost. He... He took himself and began that creation. He simply divided himself in different forms. In word form, theophany form, spirit form, glorified form. But it's him all along. Now Paul says that who being in the form of God. First of all, let me quote the verses above that. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, noticed, be but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant. 
The prophet quoting this scripture one day in a sermon, he said, The man who made the false eye to replace those who lost an eye made a reputation for himself. He said the man who come up with a wooden leg made a reputation for himself. And then he goes to naming several different people that invented great things. And he repeats himself again and again and said every one of them made a reputation for themselves. But he said the man who made the original eye and the original arm and the original leg, when he come to the earth, he made no reputation for himself. Now it shows how different that God's thinking is from man's thinking in that we, we tend to do that. As in my prayer, I just recognized Dr. Salk who come up with the vaccine. And we're, we're grateful, are we not, for these people who make these inventions. And I believe myself that God allows them to break into that understanding in their laboratory. Because really, they're delving in the realm of demonology. They don't understand it as that. But they are delving into the realm of a life that is beyond just, just natural life. And God has to allow them to break into that realm in order to help the human race. But God did it because of His mercy. Now He knew everybody would not go to church. He knew everybody would not ask for hands to be laid upon them. But God loved the human race. Can you imagine? He loved the human race so much that He wanted them to be helped. So he gave them doctors and science and medication and chiropractic and all types of different aspects of medicinal things that would help the human race. That's the love of God. The prophet said it was actually love gifts from the Father. Now you and I are so selfish and we're so self-centered that we tend to gravitate toward those of our own kind. This is why racism is so terrible in the age we live in. The black tend to gravitate toward the black. The white, the white, the Scandinavian toward the Scandinavian and so on and so on. The Democrats toward the Democrats. The Republicans toward the Republicans. Hey, we're all one by one blood. God made us all. And it's terrible how that Satan does that. But yet we also in the message, if we're not careful, we'll tend to do exactly the same way. We gravitate with more mercy toward those that see what we see and believe what we believe. Well, how do you relate to Brother Donnie? And then I'll tell you how much I love you or not. You should love them if they hate me. If they despise me, you should love them anyhow. I do. Don't think you're doing me a favor by hating folks for my sake. You're not taking what I preach when you do that. If you want to take what I preach, love those who hate us. Pray for them who despitefully use us. Then we're getting into the image of God. But you see, we tend to gravitate toward our own kind. And we, we tend to think that that's spiritual. Many times that's not spiritual at all. It is natural. So we will tend then in turn to avoid those that don't believe what we believe. 
Many message folks will not even be nice. Won't even be mannerly. Won't even show any proper raising. To be nice to people that don't agree with them and their doctrine. That don't only show a lack of the Holy Ghost. That shows an ignorance in your raising. You ought to be nice to people even if they don't care for you at all. Jesus was. Right? So this is the love of God being portrayed in a way that the world will never, will never see it. Now, the majority, to the majority of Christians, and what they focus on is the atonement and the sacrifice of Him coming to the world to be able to rid them of the sin cause and being able to free them so they can go on and live their life. But the purpose we know is more so than just the atonement through the shedding of the blood. But it was a life that He chose from birth in order to be able to show a human being which could be told totally submitted to the plan and the will of God his entire life. Now, him coming to the earth alone was not enough. If all God needed was created blood, he could have created Jesus Christ, a full-grown man, just like he was Adam. He made Adam a full-grown man, however old he was. He could have made the second Adam the same way, let him go straight to the cross, die, give the blood, and that's it. But why come through a woman? Why come through a birth? Why be born and go through all these years of all this difficulties, persecuted from the day he was born to the day he died? All of that was for a reason. And even in his years without the inoculation, it is for a divine purpose. In his years after receiving the inoculation and living on the earth as a man with the Holy Ghost, every bit of that is leading up to the manifold wisdom of God. So it's not just on the atonement side, but it's also on the overcoming victorious side of living a Christian life while we're going from point A to point B. Now, what's this? So, the kenosis of, of Christ being his own choice, not that, you know, Father God made him do it, but it was his own choice coming from this heavenly being and deciding to leave heavenly rank, heavenly praise, heavenly adoration, come to the earth to be crucified, to be hated and rejected, and actually moving beyond the realm of omnipotence, moving beyond the realm of all power, omnipotence, everything that he had to coming to a state of limited knowledge of limited understanding of limited wisdom of limited power now remember he was not made he was not born in a trap the way you and I were we were born this way we don't know any different well, all we know is the struggle of humanity from birth we do not remember ever existing in the mind of God but he existed and chose he chose to come this way to go from all knowing to limited knowing from all power to limited power. Jesus could not walk around and just do as he pleased. You see, I don't think even some of you yet still understand why the Lord wants us to see this. Because it's the display of his life in being a submitted son and that obedience and subjecting his flesh to the divine will of the Father that lived inside of him. It's more than just him going to the cross. It's more than just him paying the price but it's him showing us how we ought to live every day of the week. 
If we'd ever do that, you're talking about a church called Happy Valley. You're talking about a church in Louisiana and all around the world. Notice this, an expectancy in 1953. He said, now what did Jesus do? He was the king of kings. But as Jesus himself, he was limited to what his father So he was king of kings. But as Jesus, he was limited to what his father would tell him to do. Why would he do that? What did that have to do with the atonement? Nothing. Nothing. It did not make his blood more pure by obeying the word. It did not make his blood more pure by being born a baby, grow up to be a teenager, grow up to be in his 20s, and then receive the inoculation to the river at 30. That did not make his blood more holy. It did not make his life more acceptable. It did not make him more in that state of God. What's this all to do with his everyday life? Now, had he come to the earth and not laid aside the kenosis, had not been voluntary, but it come as all-knowing, all-power, all-existence, it would have not displayed to you and I the type of a life that we needed to live, and not only us, but our predecessors for 2,000 years. Him having a church of people that would be able to live his word at whatever age that they lived in. Notice then, so Brother Ram says he was limited to what his father would tell him to do. So it wasn't that Jesus just got and said, okay, what am I going to do today? I believe I'm going to go over here and I'm going to heal this man and I'm going to raise this man from the dead and I'm going to go over and cast out devils and I'm going to do this, that, and other. There'd be days that Jesus would give up. Now listen, there'd be days that Jesus would get up and he didn't know a bit more where to go or what to do than you do sometimes. Some of y'all should be shouting about right now. So you think that constantly his life, he just done what he pleased him with there, there, there. That would not be a type of you, brother, sister. That would not be an answer to be able to understand how that we are as the people of God when we seek the will of God and we're asking, Father, Father, please help me. What can I do? What do you want me to do today? And sometimes he says, you know, go here, go there. Other times we don't know what to do. And we do the very best that we know how to do. Y'all ever been? there we do the very best that we know how to do and sometimes we wind up making the wrong choices and the wrong decisions and yet the Lord Jesus would wait and he could not just go out well I'll tell you what today's agenda all right Peter get your pad and pencil there Uh, we're going to go over to this hospital and we're going to empty that one out we're going to go over here and we're going to take some more fish and bread and make some more loaves we're just going to go I'm just going to do what I'm going to do because I'm all God I can do whatever I want to do that is not the Lord Jesus Christ of the Bible But he chose now before his incarnation as Christ, he could have done anything that he so desired to do because he was the visible image of the invisible God. So he was purely, totally, completely God. But when he comes down that attribute condescends and he kenosis which is empties himself out. So he does not just change his form when he comes he brings the fullness of everything that he was. No. He lays aside all of that in order to become what needed to be manifest for you and I. 
Notice he was limited to what his father would tell him to do. Is that right? And how did the father deal with Jesus? By vision. Is that right? That's how he deals with all the prophets by vision. Now don't let this stumble you again. But the Lord Jesus did not have any power to do miracles on his own until he received the Holy Ghost. My, my, didn't give me amens on that. Notice this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. Now notice how Jesus said that he cast out devils not by himself because I'm the Logos, because I'm this, I'm that. He's not taking any credit at all. Right. That's why the prophet said even the flesh of Jesus couldn't glory in the presence of God. Well, amen, Brother Donnie. Uh Uh-oh. I say I'm going to have to preach and amen myself tonight. I've got to pull double duty. Notice again Luke 3.21. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying. Oh my goodness. So the Lord Jesus goes down to John to be baptized in the water in obedience to God. And when the Lord Jesus is getting baptized, he is praying. What for you reckon? The Holy Ghost. Oh, glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. And praying, the heaven was open, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. Notice there is no, no place now in the scripture before this happens on the river Jordan that Jesus ever performed a supernatural sign or a miracle. St. John chapter 2 verse 11 actually receives the Holy Ghost. Notice now this is at the wedding of Canaan. This the beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. St. John 3.34, this is John the Baptist talking. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things unto his hand. Notice now, here's John identifying now the Lord Jesus and separating him from the invisible, but saying the invisible had given the visible all things unto his hand. Acts 10, 37. That word I say you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed God anointed Jesus of, oh my goodness, now here he is raised from the dead, raised up into glory, and still identified by that earthly wicked town down there called Nazareth. Donnie from Johnson City, you from Jonesboro, you from... Oh my, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now, this is part of the kenosis. He was that power. 
He was that power, but he chose to separate himself from that former identity and come down and live on the earth for all of these years without that power being in him. Oh my. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was. Can any of you, Jesus, only say amen to this? Or what about some of you former Jesus onlys? Amen. There you go. Notice the maniac of Gadar. Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh. Jehovah God, his father, overshadowed the Virgin Mary and formed in her a blood cell which made the son Christ Jesus. At the baptism, he lived as a man until he was baptized by John at Jordan. He was a man. Well, praise God. And immediately after his baptism, John by record seeing the Holy Ghost come from heaven and descending in him and going upon him. Before that time, John heard a voice in the wilderness that told him upon whom you shall see the Spirit descending and remaining. That's the one that will baptize with the Holy Ghost. But of course, Jesus couldn't baptize with the Holy Ghost until he got it. I know, friends, I know it shakes you. You've got to realize and understand I'm not taking anything from him. I'm only making you aware of what he kenosis himself from. He chose to do this in order to become one of us. Glory. Hallelujah. And Jesus said when he was here on the earth, I do nothing of myself. It's not me. It's my Father. He that dwelleth in me. See how the Bible said, God the Father was in Christ the Son. Reconciling the world to himself. See, he was more than a man. He was a God-man. He was not a God-man. The God-man. The God-man. The God man, but he was not a God God. Or he wasn't a man man. Amen. But after he receives the inoculation on the river, he becomes Emmanuel. He was not Emmanuel till then. Oh, glory to God. Oh, my. Some of even the ones on the internet's tied. I can feel it through the waves. Ooh. Notice this again. The day that when John baptized him, God vindicated him. God spoke from the heavens and John saw him coming in the form of a dove and said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell. The right translation there is whom I'm pleased to dwell in. Jesus immediately anointed with God. He was just a man till that time. But now he becomes the God-man. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, let me go ahead and shake you. Some of you is trembling and quivering already. So what does that make you when you get the same Holy Ghost? That makes you a God-man or a God-woman. That's exactly right. It's deity in human flesh. Notice this, he said, I believe he was God. Absolutely, he was deity. Almighty God, unveiled in flesh, born of virgin birth, he and his self, <laughs> he and his self, and then God came down and tabernacled 
him. He and himself. And God came down and tabernacled in him and made him Emmanuel. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh my. Notice again he was Emmanuel. God was in his tabernacle. The son of God, which was Jesus, was the flesh of God. A tabernacle that God dwelt in here on the earth. Now that was Christ and God become united. That's the way God could be seen. No man's seen the father at any time. And the church said, but the only begotten son is declared him. In other words, God was in Christ showing his attitude towards the people. Well, if God was in Christ showing his attitude toward people today, shouldn't God in the bride show his attitude toward people now? Well, if you're being mean and indifferent and got something that's different, don't blame that on God, brother, sister. God was in Christ showing his attitude toward the people. See what he was. What God was. He was expressing himself through Jesus, his son. See as he dwelt in him, making Jesus and oh my, Jesus being the tabernacle that God was dwelling in on the earth. A body has thou prepared me, see. And God dwelled in Jesus Christ. And that made the father and the son united together. Now, and become one. Now, notice what was in Christ was the fullness of the Spirit. The entire fullness of God. God gave Christ the Spirit without measure. But he's given to us by measure. Christ had all the measure, everything. He was Emmanuel. But you and I are little cupfuls. I'll tell you one thing. I'm glad for my cup. Amen. But when the spirit that's in us is of the same quality, not as much in quantity, but the same quality, because it's part of the same spirit. So God unveiled himself in a human tent and gave that human tent the name Jesus. So like it would be in a family of Reagan or Bryant or Parker or Smith or Bab or Yance or whatever more, you would be born a Yance in the Yance family, but all of you aren't called Yance. How are you Yance, Yance? Well, you've got a, what is called a given name. You were born a Yance. But you have a given name, which is Jack or Lanyol or, you know, whoever more, Bill, because that's your given name. Yance being the family name. Amen. He was born the Word. Jesus was. He was the Word. He's in the family of God. But he was given the name Jesus. Amen. That's God's new name as far as through the church ages is concerned. Now, notice then in Elisha the prophet, Brother Ben said Jesus, the baptism that he had was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which was in him that come on him at the river Jordan after he was baptized in water. John by record, seeing the Spirit of God like a dove come upon him. So Jesus actually received the Holy Ghost. He received himself. 
which he forfeited, which he got back. <laughs> Woo! I hope you understand what I'm fixing to say. Your portion of the Holy Ghost, which you have now, was forfeited not by you, but forfeited by Adam in the beginning. And you bypassed what should have been yours before sin ever entered into the world. That Spirit of God that you have in you now is yours for eternity. Glory be to God. You, you forfeited because of the natural birth. But when you receive that, it's that very same thing, my brother sister, that will raise your body up from the grave if you go by the way of the grave. It is you, that spirit of God, that in you is that attribute. It's not that it's just all muddled up. The portion of the Holy Ghost that I got in the resurrection, Brother Fred will get that part, and then I get Brother West's part. No, what I've got is mine for eternity. This, it's the attribute. It's the division of the pillar of all glory to God, the division of the pillar of fire that God aimed towards your soul to burst you in his very mind before the world began. You have finally got back what you forfeited back yonder. Amen. And nothing can ever take it from you. He created, overshadowed a little virgin named Mary, God Jehovah did, and created her womb a cell, a blood cell. That blood cell developed cells and brought forth a man, which was Christ Jesus. God Almighty, the Father, dwelt in him at the day of the baptism. <laughs> Come on, children. You can say it. Everybody together now on three. One, two, three. Amen. You did good. Some of you didn't believe it, but you did good. You went in and said it. Little children, the message is full of this. The Bible states the same thing. Why do we struggle? Tradition. At the day of the baptism when he received himself. The Holy Ghost. Now you see, the Holy Ghost is going to be Him in the dispensation of the church ages under the title Son of God. Well, I thought He was the Son of God. <laughs> he is. Same one. But He divides Himself even from Himself. <laughs> so He makes it where He can divide Himself from Himself and receive Himself. Hallelujah to God. Oh, my, don't you understand what you are? Part of himself. Amen. You think the prophet was just mincing words when he tells us in 1965, she is him? That's the day of the baptism when he received the Holy Ghost on the day when John baptized him. And John said, I beheld and saw the Spirit of God like a dove descending from heaven. And a voice saying, this is my beloved Son and whom I'm pleased to dwell in. Oh, yes. So the Father now goes inside. Now what he said, when his ministry first started, he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's why a preacher shouldn't preach till he gets it. That's right. 
Notice, if goodness is all you need, a good, clean life, why did Jesus have to go to Jordan and be baptized in water and receive the Holy Ghost? This is the first of the new race. Don't you understand? Everyone that's burst in this race consecutively, collectively, by the Holy Ghost, they'll come the same way. Why? The head come this way. He did not need to repent, but he did need to be redeemed. Amen. The redemptive claims need to be made on his body. Oh, glory to God. Brother Ram said, why did Jesus have to go to Jordan and be baptized in water and receive the Holy Ghost? Then those of you that are saying you're without the Holy Ghost, what convinces you you'll be able to go in the rapture without it? Listen, he said, everything about him was godly, conceived in the womb of a virgin, but yet had to go to Jordan and be baptized. And John bare record, seeing the Spirit of God like a dove descending. The voice saying, this is my beloved son. It behooved him to fulfill all righteousness. It behooved him to kenosis himself and empty himself of rank. It behooved him to empty himself of the fullness of the Godhead bodily and then get it again. It behooved him. Why? For his brethren's sake. You say, you sure are reading an awful lot of quotes. If y'all having such a hard time with all the quotes I'm reading, I can't imagine what kind of hard time you're having if I just stood up here and preached it to you. And you thought it was my opinion. This ain't my opinion. Notice the first thing he did after his temptation in the wilderness. He came forth as the anointed Messiah. The Messiah, Christ. Christ means, notice now, the anointed one. He was born Jesus the man. (laughs) But when the Holy Ghost came into him, he was the anointed Messiah. Amen. Well, glory to God. When you are born again, guess what you become? Come on, children. If you think this is going to stop at Jesus 2,000 years ago, let me give you a heads up. It's going to end up with you. Amen. Amen. It ain't going to stop at 2,000 years ago. This is why the prophet could revert to the bride as Messiahs. When the Holy Ghost came into him, he was the anointed Messiah. The Bible said God was in Christ reconciling himself to the world. God living in him, the fullness of the Godhead was in him. God poured all he was into Christ. Christ poured all he was into the church. Now here he is on the earth as a man and he lives right, he does right. He learns. He gains wisdom. He gains knowledge. 
He gains understanding. But he still hadn't got the shot yet. Now God had been working on a vaccine for sin. He sent the law, didn't help them. Sent them prophets, still didn't change them. Sent them to Babylon, didn't change them. Sent them to Assyria, still didn't change them. So God said, I know what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to get a shot ready. I'm going to have to take enough of this superpower and I've got to find, amen, I've got to find a bottle that I can mix the toxin in with the cure, amen. I've got to mix life and allow death to come into the same needle, praise God, in order to give my children a good shot of this and it'll cure them. I tell you, friends, a lot of folks in this day need a, a good dose of it for the Laodicean flu. You read the book of Revelation there, and it describes the Laodiceans. They're, they're hot and cold. They're hot sometimes, and they're cold. They're chilling, and they're, and they're fevered, and they're this and that and the other. And you know where well, they got the Laodicean flu. That's what it is. They got a bad case of it. The coronavirus ain't nothing like the Laodicean flu. So they got the Laodicean flu. So what did God do? God gave us a syringe of Malachi 4. And he said, roll up your sleeve and act like a big boy. And what did God do? Look, the Malachi 4 don't just come and change our ideology. It does not come and just change our doctrine. There is actually an experience with God that comes with the enlightenment of Malachi 4. It's more than just reading again in the Bible one day. Oh, my, well, I didn't realize Malachi 4 was even in the Bible. My goodness, that's really something. Luther did not just have doctrine. Luther had an experience with that doctrine. Wesley had an experience, oh, glory to God, with that furtherance of sanctification. This is why folks can walk away from the message of the hour. They just traded a little bit of Church of Christ theology for message theology. Or Baptist theology for message theology. But if you get born of Malachi 4, there ain't no going back. There ain't no going back to Pentecost or Church of God because that's who you are. You are inoculated. So Dr. God made a toxin. Notice this in Wines report. God one day made a toxin. I'm going to say something. He didn't try it on a guinea pig either. He gave it to his own son or his own humanity. In other words, God gave the shot to himself. But he couldn't give it to himself in his himself invisible form. (laughs) But he had to give it to himself in his self's visible form. Now that may not be proper English, but I think you understand what I'm saying. There ain't no way you can give a shot to a spirit. Amen. You cannot give it to to an invisible being, but you can mix the power and mix the toxin together in the same needle. Glory to God. This is why John said he will inoculate you with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because Jesus himself is going to be the baptizer. 
cancer. That is why God mixed the poison of death and the power of life in the same humanity. And God made a total cure for sin. God one day made a toxin. I'm going to say something. He said he didn't try it on a guinea pig. He gave it to his son. He inoculated him at the Jordan. But the Holy Ghost come down upon him. So he goes up in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. All kinds of germs. All kinds of diseases flying around. The shot held. People laughed at him, ran him down, talked about him. And his shot got real weak and said, I, I think I'm quitting. I'm just quitting. It's too hard. I'm going back to heaven. There, there ain't no sense in this. There ain't no sense. You, 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 you people don't understand what I left. I mean, this is really hard, Daniel. This is really tough being a human being. This is more than I can handle. The shot held under duress. The shot held under pressure. I'll tell you one thing, friend. This is a lot of our problem around the message. We ain't got enough folks getting shot. Come on now. Only go to church, shake the preacher's hand, shaking the preacher's hand. They want to give you the shot. It has to be the inoculator himself. He has to come down and squeeze himself into you. Oh, hallelujah. What is it? It's himself giving the Holy Ghost to himself inside of you in bride form. It's that same God bursting that seed of God, which is his own attribute. So what did God do? God give Jesus the shot. So God give himself to himself. Notice this again. That was God coming into Jesus. (laughs) And in him was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. There's your Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Sure, don't you get it? There's no place in the Bible that speaks of three gods. There's no such a thing. So he feels anxiety. Stress, weariness, sickness, trouble, heartache, disappointment, let down by friends, hated by foes, despised, rejected. He feels all of that in order to be able to make the shot right. Now the father gives him the inoculation at the River Jordan, but he did not need in his inoculation any mediatorial work for his own shot. But the shot goes into Jesus. And Jesus takes that serum. Inside of his humanity. And when he starts shooting people on the day of Pentecost. He gives them a little inclusion. Of mediatorial work. And comforter. And paracletos. He didn't need that. He did not need that the way you and I need it. 
Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. What did he want to do? Oh, I, I want to become a man. I want to lay aside my robe. I want to go down. I want to relate to them. I want to think the way a human thinks. I want to be able to see what they are. I want to understand how they feel. And when he came down upon him, he became the anointed one, the Messiah. We find out then temptation in the wilderness and immediately returning from his temptation. He went about healing the sick, casting out devils, setting the people at liberty. Wonder why he didn't do it before. He couldn't. He kenosis himself from all power to limited power. So Jesus was living under a justified, let me type it, justified, sanctified life. Had power, sure. He lived a good life, good, clean, holy, never did anything wrong. Not, not one mark against him, right? All of his entire life. But he didn't have power to be able to do the greater works of God until he had the Holy Ghost. Guess what? You and I can't do it either. We can go to church. We can be a good member. We can believe Brother Branham. We can quote the quotes and do all that sort of thing. I don't want to just do that. I want to be able to reflect my father's will. I want to reflect my father's nature through my father's power. Oh, wow. Notice in water baptism, this is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell in or whom I'm pleased to dwell and whom I'm pleased to dwell. That was God coming into Jesus. <laughs> and in him was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He was baptized on the Jordan with the Holy Ghost. Look, friends, how many of these do you need? The Bible tells us in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Again, Bob Gilead, he was baptized on the Jordan with the Holy Ghost. Thy seed shall possess the gate. Jesus, as soon as he received the fullness of the Spirit on the river when John baptized him, immediately the devil took him into the wilderness to go through a time of temptation. Praise God. Oh, let's jump down here just a little bit. Paragraph 47 on this next quote here. Therefore, Jesus never did nothing. Now, you may look at that and think, that's awful. That's not awful. He did that for a reason. Or should I say, several reasons. Praise God. He wanted to live a life of such surrender and subjection and total dependency on the spirit that lived in him. I'm afraid we've, we've missed this part of it. I'm afraid we've made him so high and so wonderful. You can't get no more wonderful than he is. But let's bring him down and bring him down the reason why he came this way. He came this way to show us if he could come from where he was to do that, what about us? We're up. Amen. I don't know about you, I'm up compared to where I was when I was lost. Amen. I mean, you know what? Me, me living a life of dependency on God ain't me going backwards. I'm going up. Amen. 
We used to be lost. We used to be out here in the world doing whatever more of the world. So we're actually climbing up higher by submitting more to God. He had to take such a step down to do this. To do it why? Watch this. Therefore Jesus never did nothing until God showed him by vision what to do first. If he didn't, the scripture's wrong. And St. John 5, 19, the son can do nothing in himself. But what he sees the father doing. Now in our minds, if we was going to send the Messiah, we'd have started him out from the womb wide open. Filled him with the Holy Ghost. John had it from his mother's womb. Why not let Jesus have it? Because John wasn't our type. John wasn't our husband and John wasn't our type. But Jesus was. So here we see with the Lord Jesus and we have what? Of all human lives that have been on the earth. We have years of silence. Why? Why? God himself sending forth the very word of the earth. And we have years. No history. No Aramaic writings. No historical. Nothing. Silence. The greatest being that ever walked the earth. And silent years? But when you look at it right, those years of silence speak volumes. Because you see, God has another story underwritten. Oh, glory. That lays there that the majority of Christendom will never see. What's he doing? He's not out stirring up, trying to get a following, trying to be this, trying to be a great this or that or the other. He's just kind of hanging out. How you doing, Jesus? All oh, that widow down the, down the road there. She wanted me to build her a coffee table, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build that. What are you going to do when you get that done, Jesus? Um, oh, oh, watch his name over there. Rabbi, his, his, his door's falling off, and I thought I'd go over and kind of help him hang that door. The Savior of the world on the earth? Building cabinets, hanging doors, learning how to finish and wax furniture and repair a leg and maybe a little boy bring a toy over to him and Jesus take time to repair a broken wooden toy for a child or a little girl with her baby bed that was broke up and, and not after raising the dead and healing the sick and casting out devils and turning the world upside down. You see, friends, it shows we don't understand. We don't understand the greatness of obedience to us. It's work, work, work. Do, do, do. More, 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 more. Hurry, I've got to go. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do that. You're going to run right over the top of yourself and miss the will of God for your life. Even when he starts preaching and gets the Holy Ghost, he never travels over a hundred miles in his life. You realize the prophet said that Jesus was not a great gifted-like speaker, a forceful. There's probably men in this message that if you would hear Jesus and hear them as far as forceful and their gifted ability, he gifted his own brothers above himself. See, that's not our thinking. If we're going to hand out gifts, we'll start at the top first. 
We'll hand out the great ones here. And then the lesser, 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 lesser to those who like less, we may or may not give them anything. But that's not the way he thinks. Can you imagine maybe Paul, maybe Brother Branham, Brother Tim, or whoever more being a more forceful speaker than the Lord Jesus. The Bible says he sat and taught them. And yet they said, never a man speak like this man. I'm not sure we understand humility. I'm not, I'm not sure that we understand greatness. <laughs> wow. Notice this. The Father worketh hitherto and I work. In other words, he just acted out in a drama what God the Father showed him to do. Because God was in Christ. It's absolutely astounding and offensive to some. But Brother Bram said, I have seen him do more in my own ministry than he did in his own. Now we can take that the right way, I hope. Because notice he didn't say I did it because it wasn't Brother Branham. You imagine the Lord Jesus chose Brother Branham's ministry and was able to express and display more supernatural and more prolonged period of years than he did in his own. Most men cannot relate to such a thought because they feel threatened by such. But since nobody else can be him, he don't feel threatened at all. But he gifts his sons and his daughters. And what if he chooses to let them preach better than him? More dynamic than him. I wonder if his style of preaching, if some of you wouldn't have went to sleep. I mean more than what already does. I begin to think we need to put more recliners in here. I mean, for some of y'all that's going to sleep, we might as well make you as comfortable as possible. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to lace them with electric wires. And I'll have your chair numbered. And I'll have your remote up here so when you go to nod, ah, glory to God, hallelujah. We'll have a live wire church then. Let's jump to calling Jesus on the scene, paragraph 37. Can I go a bit farther? Look at this, friend. I'm grateful for the theologians, men of God that lived down through the ages. I'm, I'm grateful. There'll be many of them there that day. Penny, Calvin, Knox, many of those men, no doubt they'll be there. But I'm going to tell you something. This prophet of God had an insight into the very heart of God. I've read lots of men's writings. I've read lots of men's books. But I have never read anyone who had access into the very thought and the very heart of God to be able to express things in such a way as this seventh grade prophet did.
Remember in flesh, he was just a man. But in spirit, he was God. But a man in flesh, therefore his body was a human being that was subject to temptation, subject to sicknesses, just the same as ours. And he had to put be a man, a human. And then he was God. In the spirit he said, I and my father are one, my father dwelleth in me. Notice this in paragraph 41. That same pillar of fire, the fatherhood, came down and was made God in sonship. Praise the Lord Jesus. The fatherhood, the fatherhood came down and was made, thank you Lord, and was made God in sonship. He dwelt in a pillar of fire and the Shekinah glory. Here he dwelt in a body, which was his son, that he created and made in the form of a man. So that he made him the son of God, second Adam. Now he had to come through the womb of a woman, not like Adam. Because that's what he had to condemn. The birth of a human being by a woman. So he comes this way himself. Praise God. That's what he had to condemn, the birth of a human being by a woman, see? So he had to come that way. Now that's God the Son, the same God, and now he through the offering of that body without sin made a human offering. Let me share one more. Praise God. He could not have been created like Adam was. He had to come through the birth of a woman to condemn it and finalize it. <laughs> That's why in the resurrection he won't call a woman. Hey, Betty, Betty Jane Schultz, come give birth to Donnie. He won't call your mother. Come give birth to Lance. Come call your mother. Give birth to White Altman. But he'll call his children from the dust of the earth. Praise God. Notice this improving his word. I found this today. It's such a blessing to me. He began to eat the fish and the bread. It began to develop cells. And then when it finally matured at 30 years old, he was baptized in obedience to John or Daniel or to God in the water. And went out. And what happened? The dove, which was God, descended from heaven. With a voice saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell. What did he come to do? Redeem that part of the earth. Don't you understand what we are waiting for? What the prophet calls in the seal book? Redemption's claim. Redemption's claim. And yet he's talking to save people filled with the Holy Ghost. What are we waiting for? For our body to be claimed. He's doing this to his own body at the river. This is my part of the earth. I claim it. Praise God. Praise God. 
What did he come to do to redeem that part of the earth? He was the beginning of the creation of God because God is not a creation. Only in Christ is he a creation. Because God is eternal and a spirit. And a spirit is not created. He was the beginning of the creation of God. And God redeemed that body. Let's stand. So if you've got the Holy Ghost tonight, the token, your body is already in the process of redemption. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the kenosis of Christ, he was God's agent using God's power of attorney. Using God's power of attorney. So what was one do? One day they needed a power of attorney. Maybe some of you here tonight are the power of attorney for your aging parents or an afflicted or sick child or something like that. And you become their legal voice. They sign over in the presence of two or three witnesses to where you can become their voice. You make decisions which will stand in the court. You make decisions concerning their health care. Concerning their finance, concerning the dispensation of their goods, because you are their power of attorney. So here all the power of heavens and earth emptied himself out and come down on the earth and filled himself with himself and himself gave himself a power of attorney which would last until the resurrection. Then at the resurrection, the power of attorney would be terminated. Then he would say, all power is given unto me. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Don't you understand? We also were working on power of attorney, which has been litigated to us by the authority of Almighty God. That which we long for, that which we crave for, that deep something in all of our hearts will not really be released to us until the millennium. When sons of God will call for rain or stop rain, now we're working under the power of attorney. So we lay our hands on the sick. How many friends do we pray for up here? If it's left up to me, everyone that come up here get healed. But you know as well as I do, they don't. I may pray for one right there and nothing happens for them. I go over and pray for another and stand right there and the miracle of God comes right there and touches them. How does that work? I do not know how it works. I don't know how it works. But all you can do is operate under the delegated power of attorney as God will give it to you. Oh my. Oh, don't you want to be submissive to Him? Let's not just look tonight at his sacrificial life. But let's look at his life 
before he goes to the cross. And let's let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. So what does this lesson of kenosis mean to us? That we also empty ourselves of whatever rights we say. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm the, empty yourself. Sanctify yourself for your brother's sake, for your wife's sake, for your sister's sake. Let's bow our heads. Praise God. I wonder if there'd be any here with me tonight that would like to have a voluntary kenosis. You'd like to empty yourself of yourself. And the truth of it is, ourselves ain't good. Oh no, we're not emptying ourselves the way He did. Everything that He emptied of was good and righteous and pure and holy. What we need to lay aside is far from that. Lord Jesus, once again, fathers, we have heard of your greatness. These things are overwhelming to us, Lord. I know it. As I sit during the week and study these things, Lord, and I think, oh my. They're so overwhelming, Father. Help us to be able to catch it. Lord, then as we sit here and hear the Lamb of God, it it makes the picture so beautiful. Then I pray, Lord, you would help us to see the finale that you want us to be able to empty ourselves out of foolishness, selfishness, pride, arrogance, whatever more that would hinder our walk, Lord Jesus. I would imagine every real consecrated Christian here tonight, the greatest desire in their heart, maybe they have great things facing them. Financial things, physical things, sicknesses maybe, trouble in their home. But really, if it come right down to it, I believe their greatest desire would to be more of what you want them to be. A greater consecrated Christian Lord, and just be able to know that you are pleased with our lives. I look at my life, Lord, and I think, what have I done? Here I am, dear God, this stage of my life. I think, what have I accomplished? Won't be just a few more settings of the sun, naturally, if you don't come till I'll be gone. The book of my life will be closed, and then I'll face it one day. What have I done, Lord? But I realize, Lord Jesus, I don't want to look at it through carnal eyes and think I've got to do this and do that and do that and do the other to impress people or outdo this one or that one. I have silent years in my life, silent months in my life. You did. How many years of your life on this earth were totally silent? How many years of Abraham's life? How many months in Abraham's life were silent? Then when you started dealing with Isaac, Abraham becomes even more silent. As we study the lives of the patriarchs and we realize, Isaac goes into a mode of silence when the light 
his own Jacob. Jacob goes into a mode of silence from the light, his own Joseph. But we think we have to constantly go on and on and get bigger and greater and greater. This is when we make our mistake, Lord. Help us, Father God, to be able to follow you. Lord, and be all that you want us to be. Nothing more, nothing less. Help us, Lord, when we've reached our peak, to be able to understand it and to be able to move back. I pray, Father, you'd give me the wisdom. If time would tarry and I get old enough, Lord, to wear that I can't hold my thoughts together no more. And I, I, just, I just can't preach and be a benefit to the church. Help me, Lord, to be man enough to be able to acknowledge it. Instead of wanting to continue on and hang on to a position that I'm incapable of doing. How many men have we seen around the message, Lord, they just keep hanging to the position of pastor when in reality they're not a pastor? They can't do it. They can't preach like they could. They can't even hear like they could. They can't be able to counsel the people. They can't. Help us, Lord, to realize we don't have to just keep on and on and on in the eyes of people. When we reach that stage and we fade off out, May we be able to fade out, Lord, into your glory. Praise God. What a sign of a surrendered life. Help us, Lord Jesus, whether we're preachers, singers, musicians, whoever we are, Sunday school teachers, whatever we are. Help us to realize, Father, when we reach our peak and we're in that peak for a while, and then we will start to go down and then... There's still grace there. We can still serve, but we've reached a spot where we must acknowledge it. But our human thinking wants to keep holding on because we love position. But Father, may we realize what matters more than position is being in your favor and being in your will. One day of time will tarry, no doubt if I'm still allowed to live here and they get a younger man to come in here and I'll... I'll just come in your set, me and Carol, and they'll come up. Oh, Brother Donnie, we remember how you used to preach. And I'll say, what? What? And they'll kind of cry and shake my hand. God bless his old heart. Bless his heart. Don't you remember? I used to jump around and preach up there. Poor feller. He can't even hardly get around no more. Lord, that's life. Help us, Jesus, not to be like the world. Help us to get rid of our denominational thinking, thinking we got to go do this and we oh we got to do that and oh we got to do this and that and other oh my my we got to hurry and we got to hurry. May we learn by your example, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many wants to be that way tonight? Now, don't just raise your hand because you think it's a nice thing to do. I mean, if you really, really mean it. With all of your heart, I wonder if we could tally the lives of many of these great people that we've made idols out of. And we would put all their visions together and all their dreams and all their visitations. I wonder if we would be surprised. In reality, I wonder. Oh, friends, let's be what the kenosis meant for us to be. Surrendered people in the hands of of God with silent years with silent months 
and were able to take them and still smile through them and say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm just as much of a child of God. I'm just as much called to preach as I was whenever I was out there burning up the field. I'm just entered into this stage of my life. Amen. Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't refuse me. How many appreciates the Lord with all your heart? You want to be these kind of people? Hallelujah. Let's sing this together a little bit before we go. I know it's supposed to start snowing again a little bit after a while, but it's going to be nice and warm tomorrow, so it should knock us out of service tomorrow. Let's sing this and make it a prayer as we, as we sing it before I let you go. And I want you to think about now. If you'll let this, it'll really help you. Some of you that fight such battles for not doing anything. And you see little, little spurts of the blessing of God and God doing this for you and that for you. And then you compare yourself constantly to that high place you were. And you say, you're totally backslid. You ain't nowhere near where you were. Look at the life of Abraham. Abraham goes right up on the mountain there and God tells him, will not you sacrifice your son? He goes up to that great place and God creates a lamb, a ram upon the mountain. If you know your Bible very well, you know that he comes right off the top of that mountain, down through that valley, comes right down the very beginning of the very next chapter. And you know what happens to him? God takes the love of his life. After that mountaintop experience, Sarah passes away. How long did he go from that great mountaintop experience before he had another great mountaintop experience? Yet that was part of of his life. Oh, many times it's unwritten. It's something we don't want to think about. Something we don't like. We pray for all of our people that they won't let them die with cancer. But be, let's, let's be realistic. Some will. Everybody with the, in our church, everybody that's bride will not be escaped car wrecks. They will not escape all kinds of terrible things. Well, I could have talked all night and I said that. Could It's the truth. But if God wills you to go by the way of the grave, if that's the way He wills me to go, I want to go that way. I'd like to be alive and remaining. But if He wants me to go that way, I want to go that way, and I'll appear to some of you all some morning. He has to take some of the folks from Happy Valley. Some of them's got to go that way so we'll know the resurrection is on. God bless you. I love you children with all my heart. Y'all, please let me know when I get so old and I'm just boring you. And, you know, I hope I ain't that way now. I'm, I hope I'm not deceiving myself. I hope, I'm, uh, I hope I've got a little bit more time, six more months or something anyway. Maybe, you know. But let's sing it together before we go. Jesus, use me. Oh, Jesus, use me. And oh, Lord, don't. Refuse me Surely there's a work That I can do Brother Joel, friend And even though it's humble If you
Let me thy servant be.
I need to apologize to everyone. For a while, I was, well, just to be frank, I was backslid. I had turned my heart on the Lord and on you people. And I want to tell you that I'm sorry. I am sincerely sorry. During that time, I hurt people individually, and I hurt you as a body. And I am just so desperately sorry. And I wanted to come up here and ask you all to forgive me and let you know that I love you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I so appreciate his grace and his mercy to us, don't you? Thank you, Lord. Brother Ron Spencer will be having a biopsy done on Monday morning. It's supposed to be at about 9 o'clock um, on his right lung. The procedure is supposed to take about three hours to be able to complete. They still haven't been able to find the source of the cancer that's in his body from the cells and things that they've taken and from the PET scan, MRI, and different things that they've done, they have not been able to find the source. So they're trying to find where it's the source is and try to know how to, how to treat him. So we want to remember him, if you would, uh, 9 o'clock on Monday morning. I've been checking with him, trying to encourage him, and trying to, you know, just be a brother and be a friend in the time of need. You see, he's having one of those times in his life. We all do. Oh, yeah. yes, sir. We have them. We have those high places and then we come off the mountain and we have those other places too. Before we go, I'd like for us to pray for him, but I'd like if you would, if you just lay your hand over on the person standing by you. No doubt there's many needs and desires and requests that's among us. Those of you that are streaming tonight, if you'd like to do likewise in your living room or wherever you've streamed at, if there's someone there near you. Let's just pray together for, not only for Brother Ron, but for the needs of our, of our family, our church family. Lord Jesus, as we bow our heads, Father, and we, we all know what those low spots are like. We've all been there. Maybe some here tonight are there. Lord, we have those silent days in our life and those silent weeks or months, whatever more, and and we'd just love to hear anything from you. Just a rebuke would be wonderful. Just so we know you know we're alive. Father, our brother Ron Spencer has been a great gallant general in the army of God. And helped so many people around the world. And so many miracles has transpired in his ministry. And we're so thankful for each and every one of them, Lord. But now he stands in need of prayer. In need of a supernatural touch himself, Lord. Lord Jesus, you already know where this cancer started from. You know the source. Dear God, I just pray in the name of Jesus as he undergoes this procedure, Lord, that you just be with the doctors. So far, apparently, it's, it's hid. It may hide from scans. It may hide from doctors' eyes. But that devil can't hide from God. Lord Jesus, may your presence go to our brother and encourage him, Lord. We pray for 
Sister Connie and the children. We pray for the church family, Lord. I just, not a day, Lord, since I've heard it on through the day and the night, waking up in the still of the morning and coming on my heart, Lord. And we just pray for our brother that you would just be with him, Lord, and all of those that are involved. I pray for Brother Charlie, his dad. I'm sure he's feeling the load as well. Then, Lord, we want to ask here for our body. We know that there's many that are sick and afflicted and have various things that they're dealing with. Some are not physically sick, yet they're under duress because of a family member or stress or something, Lord. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you just move. Oh, hallelujah. May your great Holy Spirit that we believe is right here tonight, Father. May you just go among us, Lord, and minister to the needs of your children. Then we don't want to just limit it to the visible audience, but may you go out on those that are streaming the service and those that are archived. Father, wherever they are, Lord, if they're in France, down in South Africa, and Belgium, and Germany, wherever it is, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, over 48 states in the United States, over 43 countries in the world, downloading sermons from here, Lord. Help us to realize, Heavenly Father, oh Lord Jesus, our lives, our worship, what we do here in church, it's more than just our little local assembly here, Father. We want to be a light, oh God. We want to be a witness. We want to do our part. May the people realize, Father, this is not Donnie Reagan. This is not trying to project a man, some preacher. It's the ministry of the Lord Jesus. It's the ministry of a body. What would this church be if it was just me? Nothing. Lord, they are so important. Help them, I pray, Father. Help them to do their part with all that you place within them, Lord. May you minister to your children, Father. Oh, hallelujah. We know this is why you came, Lord Jesus. This is why you came, because of us, Lord. Not only would you rid us of sin, but you would live a life that would have obscure times of, of quietness and obscure year, years of your life that would be total silence. And we think the great creator of the heavens and the earth would allow this projection of this work come to the earth. And yet years, from 12 to 30 years old and nothing being said and oh my those years of silence but help us to learn by them Lord help us to be faithful in the silent times help us to be true help us to be honest help us to be sincere and maintain our prayer and our walk with you Lord even when we feel nothing Lord hallelujah our story is being written through the silence of the pages of our lives granted I pray Father Oh, hallelujah, we love you tonight, Lord Jesus. We worship you with all of our hearts, oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. And the church said, Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord. You're worthy, oh Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For being willing to kenosis yourself from all knowing into a limited human knowledge as a baby, as a, as a boy, as a teenager, as a young man. Even after receiving the Holy Ghost, limiting yourself to follow visions. Thank you, Lord. I'm seeing it, Lord. I'm seeing it. It's more clear to me. 
This is the reason why you did it. That you would be able to project to us a life that is such a prisoner to the will of God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Help me, Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, don't you want that with all your heart, friends? Don't you want that with all of your heart more than anything else in the world? To be led by the Spirit of God to know that you're pleasing to Him. Amen. Pick it up a little bit, Harry, and sing us something that'll make them happy. I made them so sad they're going to go out here like a bunch of pack mules tonight. God bless you, saints. I love you so much. Praise God. God came down to visit me. Wasn't that a love?
Amém.